The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are going to discuss a very important subject today, why emerging markets are so important to global business. We are privileged to have with us Professor Lalit Johari from Oxford University. Dr. Lalit Johari is a senior fellow in international business and the director of the Oxford Advanced Management and Leadership Program at Said Business School, University of Oxford. His areas of expertise include strategy and leadership in international businesses, alliances, including public-private partnerships, public policy and institutional reforms, and emerging markets. Lalit's recent research focuses on building and sustaining sources of competitiveness in industries in the context of emerging markets. Lalit has extensive expertise in emerging markets, consulting with leading businesses and governments, and assisting Western business leaders in developing strategies for tapping into these markets. He has taught at leading business schools and academics in Europe and Asia, including London Business School, China-Europe International Business School in Shanghai, in Milan, in Paris, in France, in Germany, also in Switzerland, and Copenhagen Business School. Lalit has supervised 16 doctoral students. He has also won the award for Scholar of the Year at Aspen in 1998 through Aspen Institute, Washington, USA. Welcome, Dr. Jory. Thank you, Mahesh. Uh, today's session, I want to uh, start with you snippets from the speech given by Christine, Christina Lagarde, Managing Director of International Monetary Fund. Uh, she gave this speech in the uh, University of Maryland in uh, February in U.S. This is regarding the role of emerging markets in a new global partnerships for growth. What she says is, let's consider all the possible connections with emerging markets in the first 30 minutes of a day in a student's life in a university. Let us assume it is 7 a.m. 
and the alarm goes off on your Chinese made smartphone on the way to shower you send a whatsapp message to your TA whatsapp of course was co-founded by a Ukrainian computer engineer a few minutes later your roommate has also woken up with a third of graduate students in US being international students there is a good chance that she may be facetiming with relatives in India at 7.15 a.m. you're facing a real tough choice between strong coffee from Kenya or a milder variety out of Colombia. Now you switch on your Bluetooth speaker made in Malaysia to listen to the news. Overnight, global stock markets were rattled by the latest Chinese economic data which has put a dent in your mom's 401k savings plan. And you worry about spring break in Mexico. Luckily, as you head out to a field trip in a zip car made in Korea, you realize that low oil demand and strong supply from emerging markets have also brought down gas prices. As you contemplate these first minutes of your day, you realize that the center of economic gravity has been slowly shifting. Yes, the United States is still the most important economy in the world, but New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles have got some company from Beijing to Brasilia, from Moscow to Mumbai, and from Jakarta to Johannesburg. Well, I wanted to refer to this speech because it kind of gives that how well the global markets are connected and what is the impact of products and services coming out of emerging markets in somebody's life in a developed economy for in first 30 minutes of your day, the moment it starts. Um, You you are an expert in emerging markets, Lalit, and I would uh, appreciate if you can please share with us your views on the role of emerging markets in global business. Yes, Mahesh, you are absolutely right. Uh, The emerging markets and the developed country markets are all integrated and uh, the the role that the emerging markets are playing in the contemporary context can be uh, viewed from multiple perspectives. I mean, traditionally... um, the emerging markets have been big exporters of uh, commodities and raw materials to the rest of the world and uh, the export of commodities have contributed very significantly to the development of industrial and physical infrastructure in many countries around the world. Um, Also, emerging markets uh, provide a very important uh, source of growth to many international companies when they export their products or even increase their presence in the emerging markets by opening their subsidiaries or through the joint venture mechanisms. Um, Traditionally, we have seen that emerging markets have been an important base for sourcing labor-intensive goods and services. Uh, We all know that uh, Many uh, ready-to-wear garments that you buy from the 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 malls and the um, fashion brand stores are are made in emerging markets. Similarly, we are also familiar with 
um, the call centers when you want to make an inquiry about a service or a product from a company our calls may be responded from somebody who's sitting in the emerging markets however um, in the recent uh, period the emerging markets are playing a more significant role and this relates to their role as suppliers of capital talent and innovation and these factors contribute in a major way to enhance the competitiveness of companies uh, around the world in overall terms the emerging markets contribution towards the growth of the global economy is higher than the contribution of the advanced economies the advanced economies are growing at approximately 2% per annum whereas the emerging markets are growing at about 4.5% per annum so this according to me is a very significant uh, role that the emerging markets are playing in the context of global economy yeah you're right there, there is there is there are big numbers i was looking at the numbers from united nations conference on trade and development UNCTAD which says the developing and emerging uh, economies global foreign direct investment share increased to 52% in 2013 i'm using 13 as a reference point which used to be only 29% in 2007 and uh, this happened for the first time uh, in 2012 and uh, also as you mentioned about the merchandise the developing economies share of world's merchandise exports increased to 45% in 2013 up from 34% in 2004 and uh, if you look at uh, the top 20 companies uh, as per the list of Forbes 2000 the developed market by 2007 had all the 20 companies coming from there US 9 Europe European countries 10 and Japan one so in 2013 the situation changed dramatically which it's only in uh 6 years seven of the top 20 companies came from emerging markets with five coming from China one from Brazil and one from Russia mm-hmm. and uh You know, uh, we do hear at times about emerging markets slowing down. Yeah, definitely, there is a divergence uh, in, in the emerging markets, which is increasing. Uh, you know, they offer still immense potential, uh, which is worth considering for any global business, because each each emerging market could be China, India, uh, Russia, Brazil is different from each other. If you look at China, which is going for a managed slowdown. India's story is extremely positive on the back of reforms and proactive business reforms from the government of India. Mhm. Uh, what do you think are the primary attributes that make emerging markets attractive to international businesses? There are uh, several attributes Mahesh. Um first of all there is a great market opportunity both for products and services and this is a combination of um, the young demographics in many emerging markets the rising purchasing power of the consuming 
classes. And then there is this whole class of highly aspirational customers who are uh, interested in buying products and services which will enhance the quality of life and make uh, the, the, the consumption of the products um, as the basis for their happiness and satisfaction. Um, another very interesting attribute of emerging markets is the entrepreneurial energy. When you travel through the emerging markets, you see that there is a strong surge in entrepreneurship. Uh, in countries like China and India, there are millions of micro and small businesses that are contributing to the local economy. Yeah, you're right. I, I think uh, uh, you, you are absolutely right. We had... Uh, uh, a few discussions in our last episode, Lalit, about the disruptive technologies and the role of startups. There are a lot of startups which are coming from these countries. Lalit, we're going to take a short break here. We want to continue this question and the subject you are on, but we'll take a quick short break and uh, we'll be back. Thank you. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We have with us uh, Dr. Jori discussing the impact of emerging market on global business. Uh, Lalit, we were having very good discussion 
on uh, on the on the culture developing in uh, uh, developing markets uh, we call it emerging markets uh, and you're talking about the entrepreneurship which is coming up there just before the break and i'd like you to continue on that yeah so uh, as i said before that um, one of the most interesting aspect of emerging markets to me is that entrepreneurial energy where and millions of uh, micro and small businesses are contributing to the local economy they are creating employment opportunities for unskilled semi skilled and skilled workforce and indeed uh, many of them are linked uh, seamlessly to medium and large businesses uh, providing some very important uh, uh, industrial um, products and services so this is a very good uh, trend in the emerging markets and it is definitely uh, a method by which the the process of uh, industrialization and the 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 phenomena of uh, what we call as market based economy spreading uh, uh, throughout the country even going to the smaller towns um the third attribute uh, that i tend to see in terms of the attractiveness of the emerging market is uh, a massive growth in the education sector uh, i mean if you look at the number of graduates which are in particularly the technical graduates which are coming out of china and india and brazil that number far exceeds the number of technical graduates coming from uh, several developed countries and these technical graduates are the key to to the success and the increasing dominance of uh, companies in the technology and the service sectors um in the past uh, we used to attribute uh, low cost production uh, with the emerging markets and that was uh, a sort of a selling proposition for many emerging markets however in the recent times uh, there has been a certain erosion because the wages have been going up and in the western world there has been uh, i would say a very respectable improvement in the productivity and as a result of that um, many uh, western companies are now uh, undertaking production of products domestically rather than going to an emerging market or or outsourcing the production of those very products however in pharma sector uh, there is a very interesting model which is emerging it's a combination of uh, low cost model combined with highly skilled pool of talent and that makes emerging markets very attractive for um Uh, research and development and uh, bangalore in india is hosting um, several hundred uh, pharmaceutical companies um, in terms of their r&d activities in addition to the trends that uh, we discussed um, some of the other things that make the emerging markets very attractive are the the rapid urbanization and uh, growth in the public infrastructure now that offers very strong opportunities for organizations or companies which are involved in um, environmental technologies uh, provision of water power 
and communications, transport, security. And uh, in addition, we also see there are new opportunities arising out of modernization and expansion of the industrial economy and the agricultural economy of the emerging markets. And of course, there is an increase in demand for uh, professional services. So there are many different attributes which make the emerging markets still very attractive. You brought in a very good point about the competitiveness of emerging economies uh, and the relationship with the, the increasing wages. That the real average wage growth in emerging economies has outpaced the wage growth in developed economies. And uh, in the years from uh, 2000 to 2011, uh, in the whole decade, the real wages almost tripled in Eastern Europe and Central Asia, doubled in Asia, increased by around 20% in Africa and 15% in Latin America, while the developed economies had a meager 5% growth. So definitely that wage increase is putting some pressure on the competitiveness of uh, the emerging markets and the enhanced use of technology processes system is making developed world more competitive. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, now keeping that in mind, uh, what should be the strategy for developing uh, successful businesses in emerging markets? What do you recommend? So this this is from the point of view of the businesses from the developed countries. Yes, if. Somebody is in developed country wants to develop a successful business in emerging market or enter there. Yeah, so again we can learn lessons from um, some very successful companies as well as from um, uh, many companies which failed to capitalize on the attractiveness of the market, emerging markets. So my first recommendation would be that um, the Western organizations have to be very cautious. They must follow a learning approach rather than an approach in which they go with a predetermined solution. Uh, each emerging market is a different uh, type of market. Um, it's very difficult to standardize the solutions, product solutions, the service solutions across all the emerging markets. Uh, there are many local uh, cultural factors. The local um, preferences tend to differ. So I would say uh, the learning-oriented approach is a must for organizations from the Western world if they want to explore and uh, seek benefits from the opportunities that exist in the emerging markets. The second thing that I would say is that there is a very strong need to uh, for the organizations to um, educate the company's headquarters. Now, what happens is that uh, traditionally the headquarter model of Western companies has been um, such that they, they tend to make decisions um, uh, that they are quite familiar with and comfortable with. 
and often there may be major knowledge gaps at the level of the top decision makers about the emerging markets so it is very important that uh, the strategic decision makers sitting at the headquarter uh, undertake visits to the emerging markets um, see what is happening at the ground level and then uh, begin to assist the country level the emerging market uh, country level operations or the country heads in terms of taking uh, appropriate decisions um, which will uh, align with the the sentiments of the the consumers in those markets uh, building relationship is also one of the very important uh, aspect of um, Uh, benefiting from the emerging markets and here you need to develop relationships with multiple stakeholders you have to build relationships with the governments because governments still tend to dominate um, policy uh, making as well as often they regulate the markets and uh, you have to have very strong uh, relationship with the media you have to have very strong relationship with the with the owners uh, of the distribution channels that's very important uh, i would say a hybrid management team comprising of local and expatriates would be very helpful in this regard um, exploit the local resources um, in terms of uh, capital in terms of talent uh, in terms of raw materials and um, also work a lot if it, if you are a consumer product or a service company then you have to work a lot in terms of um, developing the distribution channels of course these days uh, online sales are picking up uh, so mm-hmm. that's a yeah so that's a very good opportunity for uh, foreign companies uh, to take the benefit of uh, technology in terms of reaching out to distant uh, customers um there is definite shortage of uh, talent in the emerging markets particularly skilled and and at the managerial and executive level so companies uh, would need to have a very strong um, attractive employee value proposition only then you will be able to uh, attract the best talent uh, and uh, often intellectual property becomes a big issue therefore uh, uh, the foreign companies must ensure that they have taken all the the precautionary measures to protect their intellectual property and uh, fundamentally i would say that the the foreign companies must be able to interlock their operations in the developed countries as well as in the emerging markets in order to exploit the complementary advantages that exist in the developed countries as well as in the emerging markets that's very nice that's very good advice and lalit you did uh, indicate that technology plays an important role in business you know how developed world is leveraging um the role of technology to uh, make products efficiently and and be competitive in the marketplace what do you suggest for successful technology transfer between developed and emerging markets 
So this is a challenging um, issue and uh, licensing is still the most uh, preferred and frequently used mechanism for transferring technology. Uh, however, many large international companies have located their own R&D centers in many emerging markets in order to develop products to match with local taste and preferences. Um, GE, for instance, has been following an interesting approach called uh, reverse innovation. They have been developing new products in emerging markets and then marketing these uh, products globally. So uh, companies will have to be very, very careful in terms of who they transfer the technology, how they transfer the technology, and how well are they able to protect the, the intellectual property as part of the transfer of technology. Hmm. So that's a very important part. And uh, as the wage growth happens in emerging markets, they can also start leveraging the technologies available in developed markets and provide competitive products. Yes. Uh, thank you, Lalit. And we'll be going in for another short break, and we will be back shortly. Thank you. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace, Every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. 
we have with us Dr. Jory discussing the impact of emerging markets and global business. He's uh, given us very good insight in the previous sessions, what's happening in emerging markets, how they're growing, what's the impact on their wage growth, what's the impact on their competitiveness, and how developed economies are using technology to retain their competitiveness. Uh, moving on, Dr. Jory, do you think emerging markets will dominate the global economy? Mahesh, it depends. If you focus on the emerging markets contribution to the growth of the global economy, the answer is yes. But that's a pure statistical number. Um, my own uh, feeling is that it's not very easy for any one country to dominate the global economy because there have been um, accelerated developments uh, not just in the advanced economies but also in the emerging markets and uh, correspondingly the the bargaining power of the emerging market has been improving significantly and what we are seeing is something like a leveling off of the relationships uh, between the advanced economies and the emerging markets uh-huh. and uh, I also feel that the fortunes of the developed countries and the emerging markets are interlocked. I mean one can't grow without the other. Uh, together they move the wheels of the global economy. So uh-huh. I'm not yeah, I'm not worried about uh, one dominating over the other. It, it's a very very strong uh, symbiotic relationship in which uh, the developed economies and the emerging markets both can win together at the same time. Now that's very well said because even in, in, in emerging markets, the countries do depend on each other. The two fastest growing uh, economies, India and China, they themselves do a lot of trade between themselves. Yes, Absolutely. And, 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 and same is uh, uh, the situation with China providing a lot of manufactured products to the rest of the world and India being in its niche and providing the services business where it's the knowledge industry or the IT or digital pieces are involved. Yes. And, and they are also dependent on the developed economies uh, as far as the market goes for consumption of their products. No doubt, both the countries have uh, a huge consumption base. Absolutely. So now, uh, what, what would you suggest the advanced economies do as the economic center of gravity is shifting towards the emerging markets? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So, first of all, the advanced economies have to recognize emerging market as an important partner in the larger interest of the global society. Together, they should uh, forge a common vision for improving the quality of life on planet Earth. Uh, The advanced economies and emerging markets should sit at the same table and agree on doing business with with, uh, each other. And uh, um, 
in practical terms this involves lowering down the tariffs and the non-tariff barriers in order to boost the exchange of goods services knowledge and talent across the border and uh, this is the time to strengthen global institutions more specifically adopt internationally acceptable regulatory mechanisms to promote trade among uh, various nations the companies on their part must recognize the virtues of diversity and develop seamless operations by interlocking value chain and business models across advanced economies and emerging markets and uh, in this regard i would say there is a very important role for the political leaders as well as the corporate leaders um, in the advanced uh, countries um, they must lead with a purpose they must have a uh, purpose which is wider than pure uh, sense of profit making uh, they should think in terms of um, how they can transform the nature of business relationship between uh, the advanced economies and the emerging markets how they can transform the the life uh, of the people um, in the emerging markets how they can contribute towards reduction in the inequalities and uh, they need to um, think in terms of building alliances public private partnerships uh, so i would say that there is a big role waiting both for the political leaders as well as the corporate leaders from the developed countries and here is an opportunity for them to play a very significant role in the emerging market context yeah i think uh, i think as you rightly said the importance of uh, emerging markets uh, uh, is more magnified when working together with the developed economies and both have to understand the role for each other and and and, and leverage uh, the positives of uh, of both sides yes yeah because uh, you know definitely the economic center of gravity has shifted in terms of geography it's very interesting deni kuwait Uh, and uh, in his uh, uh, his article about global economies shifting center of gravity he points out very interesting thing he says that you will you will see that in 1980 the global economy center of gravity was somewhere in mid atlantic mm-hmm. and uh, if you move forward you come to 2008 with the rise of china in rise of east asia that center of gravity has moved to a location somewhere east of helsinki and bucharest <laughs> and uh, and this has been built with extrapolating growth in almost 700 locations across earth and that gives you the word economic center of gravity and what they're saying is by 2050 that's his projection it would be literally somewhere between india and china and it could be because of uh, the economic activity happening there the market developing and also the population going in favor of these two countries where they can consume a lot themselves 
And if you look at it, uh, the move of economic center of gravity from 1980 location to 2050, it will be almost 9,300 kilometers. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing kind of fact coming out of uh, his article. Yeah. And that's almost one and a half times the, probably the radius of uh, Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, as uh, as the center of gravity is shifting, it looks like the developed countries or the advanced economies would have a significant role in the growth, as you mentioned, like GE moving into or other corporations moving their R&D centers and manufacturing locations close to the point of consumption. I was just wondering that the technology base, the technology development which has been happening with innovation, which has been a dominating field by West, would also gradually start moving towards the emerging markets. And I think you indicated, Lalit, that some of the companies are uh, uh, innovating in emerging markets, then applying the products into the advanced economies. Yes. I think uh, the way I look at it is, is that it would beca- make uh, the cost of a product also cheaper for a consumer in advanced economy. Because if you have overspecced the product and you are designing down for an emerging market, in case you're doing it, uh, mm-hmm. to take cost out is difficult. But if you're designed for a use and you're upgrading it and putting options, uh, it's not that costly. Yes. Making affordable products. Right, 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 right. So I think it it all indicates the the growth of uh, emerging markets uh, with the manpower, with the cost advantage, availability of labor, and the combination of technology and innovation provided by advanced economy is going to be a good mix to create future products, and especially when we are moving into digital economy. Yes. To me, it looks like that uh, uh, emerging markets have got a head start uh, moving from industrial era to digital era, where uh, digital economy has given them a huge advantage and it has moved them into a different orbit uh, very quickly yes we do see um, the phenomena called leapfrogging in uh, many different aspects of the economy uh, I see that a lot of uh, public sector uh, services are being delivered online um, in many countries, uh, retailing has gone online and um, educational institutions are using digital technologies to reach out to um, students in um, uh, villages and uh, different regions of the country. So we do see application of technology uh, in a wider context of the society in many emerging markets. That's very good point, Lalit. Thank you so much. Very nice insights. We'll take another short break and uh, 
we will be back shortly thanks The leaders of today have certain characteristics that set them apart as success stories. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now, you can discover the same ideas, insights and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these success stories every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are with us, Dr. Jory, discussing the impact of emerging markets and global economy. We had a very interesting session till now. Uh, learned a lot from Dr. Jory, discussed a uh, lot of uh, things happening in emerging markets, how emerging markets and advanced economies can work together to the benefit of uh, the human race. Now, next, moving on, Dr. Jory, uh, Please share your thoughts about role of emerging markets in reducing inequality and uh, is it helping to improve the quality of life? Uh, this is an excellent question. I mean, and here is a paradox. While do we see the, the, the increase in the income of a certain class of people, those who tend to benefit more from the present phase of globalization. However, in many emerging markets, there is evidence which suggests that the incidence of inequality is growing. And uh, I've tried to analyze what might be the possible reason. The first reason um, which comes to mind is that there has been a very uneven growth of industrial and social infrastructure in these countries. So uh, a handful of big uh, cities uh, often tend to uh, become the concentrated centers for industrialization and they tend to grab major chunk of investment in the social infrastructure 
and as a result of that and of course uh, combined with the entrepreneurial ambition of um, um, enlightened educated uh, investors uh, they tend to uh, benefit greatly however if we look at the lower end of the society the lower socio economic classes we find that they are not getting the same level of benefit from the globalization uh, which the the privileged few are able to get and that is contributing to the to the increase in the inequality uh, another big factor is the the behavior of the political classes the political classes uh, still encourage lot of crony capitalism uh, they there is a system of political patronage and uh, although there are efforts to reduce the corruption or eliminate the corruption but there is still a lot of corruption in uh, many emerging markets and this creates uh, a kind of a social imbalance you have a society in which some people have more privileges because of their uh, closeness to the political leadership as compared to others who are not necessarily affiliated to this affiliated to the political classes and this is also adding to a massive increase in the inequality the third reason that the inequalities are growing is the is the faulty social policy i have seen that in uh, many emerging markets uh, there is a greater degree of focus on uh, industrialization uh, lots of privileges and incentives for the for the investors and the industrialist uh, but uh, and often at the cost of reducing the budgets from the social programs and i think uh, many um, uh, economists have commented already on this that this is going to spell disaster for the emerging markets uh, in the sense that it will create a further divide uh, and a further socio economic gap uh, uh, amongst the classes in the emerging markets uh, one area which is uh, very disturbing is the the standards of uh, health in some of the emerging markets um the government is not spending enough money on the health as a result of that uh, um, there is a heavy cost of uh, people falling sick in in economic terms and uh, often it is the people from the lower income classes who tend to suffer more on account of uh, poor health mm-hmm. as against as against those who are uh, in the upper income classes so disturbing trends uh, and i think um, the the societies have to address these trends and uh, time is running out for uh, some of the emerging markets ah so basically the inequality somehow is increasing with the cluster of industrialization but there may be some support in terms of uh, uh, poverty reduction I was looking at some statistics, uh, and as a group, emerging and developing economies now almost account for 60% of the global GDP, which is a huge number. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, this is up from just under half of the 10 years ago. 
And uh, if you look at the 2008 financial crisis, the global growth which has come after that, 80% of that is contributed by emerging markets. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is um, uh, they're helping to save many jobs in uh, advanced economies too. But uh, uh, they have been uh, uh, the main driver behind the significant reduction in global poverty. But definitely inequality has gone up, as you said, the cluster of industrialization. So when the statistics say China alone has lifted more than 600 million people out of poverty over the past three decades. But that's China bringing people, urbanization happening. But still, there could be an equality increase, uh, although 600 people have come out of poverty. But the top strata could have moved further up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it looks like after years of success, our emerging markets as a group may be facing a new and harsh reality. The growth rates may slow down. The, the, the capital flows have not been as strong, and uh, the medium-term prospects took a hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the emerging markets have capital outflows also. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, as compared to, it used to be always net inflows till two years ago in 2014. And that's a that's a very nice explanation, uh, Dr. Johri, about uh, inequality. That's uh, a very important point right there. Now, uh, what is there? Sorry, go ahead. Mahesh, while you're talking about the slowdown, yes, the macro data does suggest a slowdown. But if you look at uh, some of the multinational companies coming from the emerging markets, they have continued to grow. So, in order to understand the significance of the emerging markets in the global context, we need to study both the aspects, the macro uh, aspect that you highlighted, as well as uh, the experiences of the MNCs from the emerging markets. And you yourself, in the beginning of the program, said that how the number of MNCs uh, in the in from the emerging market has been growing in the Fortune 500 list. So this distinction has to be made. Right. And what you are suggesting, Lalit, are the MNCs originating out of emerging markets and establishing yes. themselves into developed markets. Yes. Uh, that's a brilliant point. And uh, well, just to share a few things with our audience, uh, in a McKinsey and Company has provided some data uh, in some of their articles. And what they say is, where is the future? By 2025, the consuming class will grow to 4.2 billion people in emerging markets with annual consumption of uh, $30 trillion, the biggest growth opportunity in the history of capitalism. That's how they are labeling it. And just these numbers, in 2010, it was $12 trillion. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like in 2025, 50% consumption will be in emerging markets, uh, which used to be 32% of total in 2010. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the leading companies in the developed market earn just 17% of total revenues from emerging markets, even though these markets represent 36% of global GDP. So what you are suggesting, uh, the the developed economies and, and the companies they are moving into emerging markets playing bigger role probably seems evident because they are uh, not on the equal percentage of GDP as the markets represent themselves. 
It's there's another fact which has come up is between 1980 and 2000, just five percent of world's 500 largest companies were from emerging markets. The ratio is now about 25 percent, and is expected to climb to more than 45 percent by 2025. Mm-hmm. These are amazing numbers. So, uh, Dr. Jory, thank you so much for your time. Very insightful, and uh, really appreciate uh, uh, your participation in discussion. And uh, very useful information, uh, conceptually as as well as what one can do to be successful in business, both in emerging markets and uh, playing in advanced mark advanced economies market. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jory. Thank you, Mahesh. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management